0: Oh, welcome back to my Secret Basketball Podcast, episode 31. My name is Seth Allen. Hey, Seth Allen on Instagram. Oh, you didn't expect us to come back so quick with an episode just less than 24 hours after the last episode. But it's All-Star Weekend, baby. You gotta pull out all the stops, you know? Physically, I'm in my my bedroom slash office slash gym slash library slash study slash den slash Uh, closet slash, uh, love shack, perhaps? But spiritually, spiritually, I am in Indianapolis. Imbibing, soaking it all in. Me and Tyrese Halliburton, the prom king of All-Star Weekend, as he's been called, going around town, uh, looking a little like designer Waldo, and we are having a great time and i had to jump back because all-star friday night okay so we're one one night into all-star weekend um with night two night one in the books night two coming up and i got to say i had to i couldn't wait because all-star friday night historically the most frivolous the most uninteresting the most bizarre the most why is this even happening why is this even a thing of a whole event that is often labeled with those things. And they nailed it! They nailed it! That last episode, I was cracking myself up reading the preview of event, events. And uh, that got me in the right frame of mind. I sat down. I gave it my full attention, you know. Uh, and I, I forgot to feed my cats. and Because I was blown away by the best ever... NBA All-Star Friday night. Now, am I going through the Friday nights um, one by one, comparing them to be sure? No. I'm going off pure emotion, baby. This is an emotional affair. (laughs) I'm having an emotional affair with NBA All-Star weekend. Set for yourself goals, high and noble goals, and perish in pursuit of them. I know of no better life purpose than to perish in pursuing the great and the impossible. Anime Magne prodigious. Frederick Nietzsche from his notebook in 1873. And I gotta say that just reminds me of Adam Silver and the NBA not giving up, sticking with the, the over-the-top premise of All-Star Weekend and finding a way to make it work. What gives life more meaning than striving towards the impossible? And what is... <laughs> Adam Silver is now the Mitch, if you're a Nietzsche head. All right, let's start with the celebrity game. I would, I never thought I would see the celebrity game be remotely entertaining from beginning to end. Usually there's a couple funny moments. There's a surprise, like, I don't know, the one historically I think about is that when Obama's uh, Secretary of Education balled out. <laughs> you know, there's some of those. But usually it's just horrid. Why would you watch it? But they figured it out. And I have, a, obviously, a couple group chats running during these events. And and they help, uh, help me refine my ideas. Number one, shout out to the Sun God group chat. Sonny, football players, including NFL players, a stroke of genius for a couple reasons. Number one, they will always want to do it. There are so many football players who play basketball in high school, who love who, you know, they go on all these podcasts and talk about how they're act how I'm a hooper, I'm a hooper, I'm a hooper. Get them in the game. They wanna do it, number one. They're real athletes, number two. And number three, if you've ever played pickup basketball or I guess basketball at school at any level, you know that when someone who is primarily a football player plays, they play on the verge of too hard. They go a little hard. Alright? And you're a little bit like, hey, calm down, buddy. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is not a CTE environment you're operating in, you know? We go a little, we don't really go like that out here. And so you have you solve so many of the problems of the celebrity game. First of all, there's there's celebrity athletes. Um, so they check that box. They're actual they're actual athletes. So they're they're dunking. You know, they're fast. They're in shape. And they play fucking hard as shit. All right? They're over-the-top competitors. They got, you know, the early stages of CTE. They're going way too hard. Fantastic. Foundational. I think they figured that out. It's got to be get athletes from other sports. Look at football first. All right? Okay. Um, Yeah, there's, there's plenty of dunking. There's all that stuff. Another thing I thought was great was the... Influence of uh, my man, uh, someone who you would know if you listened to the Seth Allen substack during the pandemic, when I did did a deep dive into basketball influencers with my pal Sam Whiteley of the Peyton Years Pod. T-Jazz was out there, Uh, of course, the Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, whatever, influencer who blew up because of his fancy lays, his fancy layups, that is, if you're old and he was enough of a real point guard to kind of organize things for one of the teams, you know. And i got to say, his team did lose when they stopped running through TJAS. They they would have won the game because every All-Star game, it's so loosey-goosey, it's so disorganized, chaotic, and nobody's really familiar with playing with each other. You 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 need that floor general. And it turns out TJAS was the floor general. So I would say going into this, uh, if we're if we're learning something and we're trying to apply the template going forward, number one, football players. Number two, make sure there's a couple floor generals. You know, at least one on each team, like someone who actually probably played point guard at at you know a reasonable level of basketball. Number three, goofy stunts introduced throughout, wacky gimmicks, ruffles, fire, crunch time, dip, whatever the fuck. Um, you know, they kept throwing in weird, okay, for the next five minutes, this person's points count for double, um, you know, it was amazing, and it kept me interested, I loved it, I didn't know what was happening next, they, they need this, this, it reminded me, and the, the spacing of the gimmicks reminded me of, like, when you take a, when you take a flight, and they pace out, like, I mean, now they kind of just cut all this shit away, but, Back in the day, when you take a flight and they kind of have a have it well planned out of like, now we get the refreshment. You've been on the you've been on the plane this long. Boom, refreshments. Now this long amount of time's gone up. Boom, snacks. Now this boom refreshments again. You know, and it kind of like breaks it up. Perfect. It's like they know the psychology of just having to fucking sit there, and it breaks it up. Right. It reminded me of that. The stunts were perfectly perfectly timed, uh, like a nice flight. All right. Um the the celebrity refs, Stephen A, fantastic. And Shannon Sharp was good too. He was no Stephen A, but he he did it he did the work. He added some moments. Stephen A, I think this is what this is what's key for the coaches. Coaches who genuinely want to fucking win this bullshit game that means nothing. Stephen A., first of all, working the refs the whole game, which I, you know, with Stephen A., you're never sure where the bit ends, and it's just him being him begins, which is the mark of um, every great comedian, right? You're like, I am i can't even tell what's a bit and what's not a bit with this guy, right? And so he's working the refs, and I was like, oh, maybe he's just doing that to have fun. Uh, when they lost, they showed him, he was genuinely dejected. He was upset that they lost like steven smith <laughs> steven a my went back to his hotel and punched a hole in the wall and that was fantastic all right and then all these other moments you know 50 sit was an assistant coach he at one point he was uh on camera wondering <laughs> who t <T-Jazz> was <laughs> which was hilarious um at one point steven a was working the refs so hard that Lil Wayne, <laughs> his assistant coach, came over and, like, cooled them down. Like, yo, coach, get back in the box. Like, this is fucking amazing. The On Fire Challenge. There's a little mini game within the game, the On Fire Challenge. That was great. And I got to say, the LED court. I saved the best for last, my friend. The LED court. I didn't just see something that was a funny distraction. I know, I know a lot of people aren't going to like the LED court. Okay. The LED court is the fucking future, all right? First of all, for something like this, it was fantastic with all the goofy graphics they could throw up. They were moving the three-point line, I'm sorry, the Ruffles four-point line (laughs) in and out. When a player had the, had the, uh, the players who were on fire had, like, flames following them running around the court. They had inflatable little, uh, car dealership, wavy guys popping on the court. They had people's faces pop. It was the graphics. It was stunning. It looked like a, uh, like a video game or some shit. And it was so cool, especially in a game like this. It just like kept the novelty of it, kept you interesting. And I do think the, I think this was not, they, I know they, they're not, they trotted this out there as, Hey, we're only doing this in this, in the, you know, they didn't do it in the rising stars challenge game. Um, They're not going to do it in the all-star game, but this was, let's be honest, a little bit of a test run, Uh, because if you just seen it, the potential for advertising is exponentially higher than a hardwood court where you can just slap a sticker on it, uh, which players are going to slip on, (laughs) you know, Um, they're going to, this thing is going to be, you know, fucking Jake from State Farm's going to be walking down the court next to a player and shit. This is going to be... Uh, the potential is very creepy and awful. But in this case, wow. Awesome. What a fucking debut. You know? Um, and, and you know, when they... Uh, you know, when when a player wins the championship and they douse him with starry soft drink via LED court... We're all going to cringe down the line, but that's for the future, all right? Uh, I thought for this event, the LED court was a fantastic ad, all right? So I was just blown away. The celebrity game, I had n- I've had never, honestly, I've never been entertained like that in a celebrity game. So, booyah, all right? And yeah, I didn't know, I barely knew who any of those people were. I learned as I go, I don't watch the NFL, I don't know who the actors are, uh, you know, I don't really watch the WNBA either. I just know a couple of the celebrity ones, like the f- most famous ones. So y- you didn't even really need to know who these celebrities are to be, to be completely entertained by this like electric neon goofball thing. And honestly, the quality of the game was good enough, you know, uh, people dunking and all this stuff and, and kind of making shots and it it looked like basketball, you know? Okay, so that was event one, all right? And I'm like, wow, I was like so impressed, all right? Then we go to the Rising Stars Challenge, um, which I went through in the last episode, a uh, confusing format. It's, there's four different teams. Three of them are comprised of NBA players in their first or second year. One of them is comprised of G League players. All of them are coached by a random celebrity uh, basketball personality. And I gotta say, um, the one thing this, this, it was fantastic as well. The one thing they were missing was really the LED court. (laughs) I was kind of bummed not to see the court again after we got in the Celebrity Game. I would have loved the court. The possibilities are They said endless animation possibilities, and I laughed at them last episode. But now I'm like, man, I miss the endless animation possibilities. I miss them. I want them back. Um... We saw so much. So, first of all, the the headline from the Rising Stars Challenge is that Team G League upset Victor Wimbenyama's team. Shout-out to Team G League. Um, you know, they got to the final game. If they would have won that, it would have been incredible. Shout-out to, you know, Mac McClung doing real point guard work. And, by the way, he has to be in the dunk contest tonight after he, he basically saved the dunk contest last year. And I know he spent some legs on this game uh, because he played, I mean, he played hard and he played real point guard, high usage, running pick and rolls, you know, trying to get shots up over Wimby and occasionally at su- uh, succeeding. I don't know if he ever got one over Wimby, but um, he was. The point is, he was working, all right, and he is a real point guard, all right. And it is, it is crazy at this point with uh, Mac, with you know, I think he is. You could say legitimately the only G League player who is a draw. Like, if, you know, if his G League, if the Orlando team came to Child Center, more people would go to that game than would go to a normal remix game to see Mac McClung because of his, you know, his dunk contest and his online uh, fame uh, that he's accumulated over the years. But he's also been very good in the G League. And it it is one of those things where it's like, I get that he's not, you know, an NBA all-star level player. But at some point, you know, Ryan Archiodancho, Archiodancho, John, 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 was in the NBA until last week. And Mac can't get on a roster? He can't be a third point guard? If I was a running an NBA team, especially if I was tanking, even if I was low-key tanking Portland Trailblazers, Mac would be my third point guard. He's fun. He's good enough. Get him in there. Get Mac in the fucking goddamn league, Goddammit. it. All right. And so here's the thing I, I only learned. I actually only learned this because of um jalen rose's motivational speech to his team i didn 't know that the winning the winners of this uh rising stars challenge each got twenty five thousand dollars if i would have known that the winners get that twenty five grand is on the line i would have i would have thought the g league team would have a better chance than i did all right because twenty five k to a g league player that means as much as twenty five K to you or I, alright? That is like a that's gonna change their life. They can they can pay off the Honda CRV with twenty five K, you know what I mean? And have a little extra, you know <laughs> uh maybe get a new couch, you know? Uh a new TV. It's big, alright? An NBA player twenty five K, like of course nobody is not gonna want twenty-five thousand dollars for, you know, uh uh, half a day's work, but, you know, they're millionaires, um, so I think, you know, the G League had that extra, extra, we gotta get this, they had the chip on their shoulders to prove that, hey, we're as good as NBA players, and they upset motherfucking future of the, future of the league, Victor Wimbenyama's team, incredible, and I gotta give a shout out to Damaris Buzelis who, um, who hit the game winner and played very well today, or in in the in the game? He is, of course, I think he's interesting because he's you know he's G League Ignite. Um, he's from the U.S. of A. but identifies as Lithuanian, and I think that's because he's trying to be better at basketball <laughs> as an American white. Um, and he is he's one of I think at this point four or five players that at some point. In the last year, has been considered a potential number one pick in the NBA draft, and his stock has plummeted because part of his his upside is his shooting, and he hasn't really found his his three point shot consistently in the in the G League this year. Uh, when Ignite came to Portland, and I went and watched them, uh, he looked like complete dog shit. I was like, "This guy, get him out of here." But he he flashed that he flashed that potential in this game. And I thought that was a nice moment for him, you know, because the Ignite is rough. I, I could do a whole separate episode on the G League Ignite. I think the NBA has to change how they do this because they're the whole premise of it is, you know, these are, t- these are guys who are about to be top draft picks. They're all very young. They're like, you know, 18, 19. And there's a whole, there's basically eight of them on the team and a couple vets to try to steady the ship. And they just throw them out there and they just go get the shit kicked out of them By like 26, 27-year-old G League pros who got something to prove. Like if you are fucking 26 and in the G League, there is nothing that's going to give you more pleasure than to fucking pound, ground and pound some 18-year-old that's about to be a lottery pick. You know what I mean? And yeah, you are better at basketball than him and physically very likely like stronger than him. Uh, and you know there it's a great opportunity for you you kind of, so this it, they throw out this team of players who are worse than who they're playing and and have a target on their back and i I just I know players are, are choosing it but it just seems like it is not as much fun or maybe and and also maybe not as good for your overall confidence as spending a year Uh, being the big man on campus at fucking Texas or some shit. Ron Holland could have been in Austin getting, you know, all the ass in the world, killing it in the games, becoming a more famous celebrity. Instead, he chose the G League, and now he goes and gets, you know, gets the wind knocked out of him by an angry 26-year-old, you know? And he's losing all the time, and his draft stock is plummeting. So... That's neither here nor there, but I was happy to see uh, uh you know, find a groove in a in a high profile moment, hitting the fucking game winner fadeaway over last year's number one number two pick Brandon Miller. Um, just a just great vibes, great vibes, and we got to give a shout out to uh, Blazers' own Scoot Henderson, led his team in scoring. And honestly, it was just super exciting for me to see him shoot more than 50% from the field. <laughs> That's very rare in the in the NBA games. And like, listen to this, the last possession. So they're, they're making a little bit of a comeback. They had a chance to, to make a comeback. They played to a certain score, right? It was close. And so Scoot's taking the ball down and he decides to pass to Keontae George for a long, deep three, all right? Now, Keontae misses the shot. The opposing team goes down and hits the game winner, right? But Keontae, if you look at the all-rookie team standings, Keontae and Scoot are battling it out for one of those last spots, all right? They basically have extremely similar stats. I think the narrative is better for Keontae right now because he came in with lower expectations and people are like, "Well, this guy can play. He's got a real future in this league. Whereas Scoot, they're like, oh, this guy's going to take a while to develop, but we're seeing flashes, right? So they basically are having very similar seasons. Um, and so, you know, I would just like to uh, float a conspiracy theory that Scoot is playing 40 chess, get letting Keontae brick that shot. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the different and while well scoop meanwhile led the team in scoring and looked very good all right oh another thing their uniforms were incredible it sent me you know i'm a merch mark i'm a huge merch mark and it sent me scouring the internet for like the hoodie that pal gasol was was wearing that said rising and cursive in like old classic cursive uh with the stars dotting the eyes um doesn't exist you know i would have had to i have to know somebody on the inside to get that i think because i don't really i didn't see anything anywhere there's plenty of of course the internet's the NBA's flooded the internet with all-star related merch but i didn't i didn't see anything with like the rising the rising stars logo so if you know i know some some movers and some shakers do occasionally check in on this pod uh you'd be surprised. So, you know, if anyone um you know, give me like a Excel XL, maybe a two X, uh, these days. Trending towards a two X. Um really gay you know, seth Allen at gmail.com, hey Seth Allen on Instagram. Uh let's uh let's work something out, you know? You know, let's work something out. Um I would be greatly appreciative. Oh god, but what a game. Um Benedict Matherin, who was the MVP, despite having not a great game in the final game, we got the full. I I feel like you know. Okay, so All Star Weekend, the hometown players always get an advantage. They they we they the NBA leans hometown for the awards, right? So Matherin plays for the Pacers. Obviously, he's going to be a front runner for MVP if he if he has any kind of credible case. Um. Okay. So we saw the full I don't know how many people know the full Matherin experience or have been paying attention and, and shout out to my college basketball uh group chat Pac-12 chat uh PIL <laughs> honorable mention uh, which has dubbed Benedict Matherin Pac-12 Kobe years ago is, <laughs> in his time in Arizona but Matherin is kind of a dick um and it's he was mic'd up shooting a free throw so they played the first game they played a 40 his team has 38 points he's fouled on a layup so he can win the game by simply making two free throws he goes to the free throw line starts talking shit before he shoots bets money that he's gonna win the game on this on these free throws (laughs) and misses and misses the free throws (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> giving the other team a chance to win, and that's when, of course, I believe Scoop passes to Keontae George, playing 40 chess for the all all rookie team, changing the momentum of both of their seasons and their narrative, respectively. And then, and then Matherin comes back down and hits the game winning jump shot, saving a little bit of face. But like the thing about, because I I was high on Matherin for a while um, because he played in the Pac-12 and was so electric at Arizona. And then you know I followed like his rookie season started off really strong in Indiana, and um, it's a it's a it's like a guy who like does does something amazing and then and then steps on a rake that flies up and hits him in the face. <laughs> That's like the Matherin experience to me. Uh, and then in the championship game, he got a breakaway to throw down a dunk. Okay, hometown guy in the game, crowd starts getting hyped up, he's all alone, he's going to throw something cool down, incredible athleticism, and he is <laughs> rim-checks a dunk on a breakaway. <laughs> and then he gets MVP. Um, so, you know, classic Matherin experience, I think, I hope everyone who watched got, you know, reintroduced, because a lot of these players, it's interesting in the NBA to me, They they're they kind of get a lot of hype, you know, maybe in college, and then they come in and they have a lot of hype, and then they kind of just become a regular player um, unless they continue to rise, right? And I feel like that Matherin's one of those guys who was like super cool, interesting coming out, and then kind of now he's just kind of becoming, you know, a veteran who has strengths and weaknesses, even though he's still, you know, a, a young player and obviously can improve a lot. But, you know, guys just kind of get lost in the NBA sauce, uh, or uh, if you will. <laughs> Shout out to Gucci, mate. All oh, right, so that was Friday night, incredible. Hey, Adam Silver, and and Co, you did it, all right. And you know, nobody, you made me start quoting Nietzsche because I didn't think it could be done. You know, uh, you and uh, God is not dead; he's Adam Silver. <laughs> oh, so now we get to take carry all this momentum into Saturday night, which is um historically my favorite night because you have the the events you have you know the skills challenge the three-point contest the dunk contest um by the way if we're just talking about the dunk contest real quick jaime hawkes i saw some nba people fans being surprised that he was in the dunk contest because he's not particularly uh a high flyer by nba standards he's kind of like barely adequate (laughs) i would say if you watch him I once observed, I to described watching him play at UCLA as like watching somebody um, row a boat against the current. That's kind of what, he still kind of looks like that to me. Um, but, you know, he was in like really one of I think one of the best high school dunk contests of all time and I be, did he win that it was against Kenyon Martin's son and a guy who went on to play uh, football at USC and maybe the NFL I don't know but he was pulling out some really cool stuff in that high school dunk contest um and I think he's you know he's he's ready for it he's he's a guy who's Jaime is not a guy like a, like, like i would say like a cole anthony who signs up for something he can't win and just does some dumb shit <laughs> like i think jaime is the guy who like if he's signed up for it, he he's worked on he's prepared and he's worked on some stuff that he thinks is going to be pretty good so you know of course i think you got to call mac mcclung the front runner since he won last year and someone's got to take it from him but you know uh don't be surprised about jaime okay um, uh, don't, he, he's, he's done this before, uh, and he's done very well at it before. Another weird, weird thing is the, um, the, the Stephen Curry versus Sabrina three-point challenge. This is an interesting little thing. Um, Steph Curry is going to do a three-point shootout against Sabrina from the WNBA Stefan versus Sabrina. Um, I imagine Starry, who I went over... If you want to go back to last year's All-Star episode, Starry um, taking a huge shot at Sprite. And I feel like the NBA is being a little disloyal, but that just shows that underneath it all, the NBA cares and we're a family and all that. The NBA is a a capitalist uh, machine because Sprite has been there with the NBA for years. And Starry is a, I believe, a uh, a Pepsi uh, Sprite knockoff. Their marketing is completely aimed at uh, the quote urban markets. If you look at all their commercials and all all their their things, they're definitely uh, you know an upstart who's aiming right at Sprite's right at Sprite's market. You know, uh, very interesting. And Sprite has seen this before you know sprite can tell you where the bodies are buried all right you're i think starry is going to end up buried right next to fucking sierra mist you know in a pit you know out in the desert all right for for doing for coming so disrespectfully at sprite and the nba is just you know helping them so hey sprite when the nba comes crawling back you know make them fucking beg for it all right you've done a lot for the NBA Sprite, you know? And they just toss you aside for this bullshit starry that is basically just trying to clone Sprite. Fuck out of here. Okay, so of course there's like some nonprofits that are getting money off of this. Stephen Curry's nonprofit is called Eat, Learn, Play. God, he's so lame, man. Of course he's got some Eat, Pray, Love shit. <sighs> One of the greatest players of all time. There's a case he's top. I don't. Know, he's top fifteen. But God, man, Under Armour endorsing water. He's basically as close t- <laughs> to like to like a Mitt Romney Republican as you can possibly be. And just eat, learn, play. Okay, I get it. It's it's helping people. All right. He endorses water and Under Armour. All right. Uh, okay, well, money's going to go to a good cost. Steven versus Sabrina. Um, It's interesting because in this, um, you know, the WNBA WNB- players always get a lot more leeway in talking shit, and then the NBA players have to be kind of like, mm, you know, they kind of are a little more uh, diplomatic about it. Like, you know, they're cutting the WNBA players during the game, and they're all just, like, clowning you know, Stephen A. Smith's body, you know, Kelsey Plum was like, oh, Stephen A. skipping leg day. They all, you know, they, and Sabrina's like, oh, Stephen Curry, you suck, you piece of shit, <laughs> you know. And it's definitely like, oh, well, well, I think I got this. He's got to be a little more, like, uh, generous with his trash talking, you know. Um, it's a weird vibe to me. Um, but this is, it, it does fit overall. You know, I've doubted the NBA All-Star weekend before. And, uh, boy, was I wrong. So maybe this will work. You know, I got a pair of Sabrina Ones in the closet. I'll put them on, you know, I'll, I'll take out my Nerf ball and, you know, I'll be ready to rock. She does have much better shoes than Steph Curry. I will say that for sure. I mean, not even close. The Sabrina Ones are fantastic. Um, you know, I see Ashton Hagens from the, for the remix, I, I believe wears her shoes, um and you know i wear her shoes we're both you know athletes with a lot of future potential you know so you know who knows it's it's weird but uh you know they're gonna do that thing um and then yeah don't this is this is the big night and i never thought i'd say this but you know friday might be the best night but who knows i mean they set the bar high for for the for the for the events, the skills, the skills challenge, by the way, is I believe a team competition again. Um, I think it was a little better when it was individuals and there was an actual winner rather than like a team thing. Uh, but you know, I it's still my favorite event. They can do no wrong really. And if, after Friday nights, who am I to judge? The NBA nailed. They have figured out NBA All Star Weekend Friday night. I think there's a template moving forward. Uh, that doesn't just rely on individual heroics. You know, like the dunk contest, it relies on having a transcendent performance from an individual. And you don't get, by definition, you can't get a transcendent performance by an individual every time, right? So that's where they struggle. Um, whereas Friday, also Friday night, it seems like they have a, they have a system. They have an approach now that, that they can just repeat every year and, and kick things off in a fun way so shout out to them all right i'll see you all t- tonight you know i'll be watching have a good one go beeves. seth allen uh is my name i'm on instagram goodbye